the tea health show your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by the tea clinic good morning this is the tea health show i'm dr mark and in studio today we have our lovely producer sampiwe my right hand in the practice is Elise van Art and Dante Lodati. The topic of today's show is a hard one. Um, well, we hope it's a hard one. We're actually going to talk about uh, sexual functioning and erectile problems in men. So, um, Sampiwe, you're smiling. Why? Oh, no. Uh, no reason at all. Okay. <laughs> um, I think erectile dysfunction is something that... The majority of us have heard about all you have to do is you have to look at the Super Bowl um, and then at every single opportunity you will see an adverti- uh, advertisement on the big screen for some kind of erectile function medication. So what we know about the Americans is they like uh, baseball and have problems with their willies and drink lots of beer. So, um, Dante, you have a couple of questions. Yeah, can can we go back to kind of like right the beginning? And let me ask you, what is erectile dysfunction? Okay, so if we if we want to give a proper proper definition of erectile dysfunction, it's quite intricate. So, it's defined as one. A recurrent and persistent inability, partially or complete. Now, that is boggling my mind a little bit. Partially or complete to achieve and maintain a firm enough erection to have satisfactory intercourse. And what we need to add to that is that it needs to be in the presence of erotic stimuli. So it's not just, oh, I can't get a hard-on. It needs to be a persistent problem, and it needs to be recurrent, and there needs to be sexual stimulation. So, Elise, we very often get in the practice Guys that come in, and this happened a couple of times actually, that had one failed erection and suddenly they rush into the practice and they say, you know what, I have an erectile dysfunction, I have ED or I'm impotent. Yes, so, it does happen often. But what I find amazing is um, certain cultures – I mean, that was a revelation for me that I didn't know. Certain cultures, they call it, I can't go a second time. Yes, yes. Um, Wait, what? Yes, Okay, so um, Elise, go because I find this fascinating and I often make a joke about it. Yeah, so that that is something that I was like, uh, my eyes were like saucers when I heard that. I never knew men can perform within... One sexual encounter twice. I know women can do it more often where, but 
men. I didn't know that. So that's a huge issue in the culture, in certain cultures. Okay, so I'm going to be a little bit more specific when this one. Simpiwe, <laughs> um, you're a young black woman, and you know what? I'm not going to ask whether you're sexually active or not. <laughs> but um, when we have um, African men coming into our practice, they never have erectile dysfunction. They have erectile dysfunction when they can't do it the second time in a, sh- in a very, like very short period. So, life problems. Um, it is, um, what they say to me, uh, is, um, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm not as good in round number two. And I look at them and I say <laughs> to them, you know, but the majority of my patients, um, are white and they walk into my practice and they say, I can't get it up. Not, I can't get it up for the second time. So is it something that you girls expect from them that if you, if you don't do it twice, it's not good enough? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was the norm. I thought like multiple rounds is just the, that's well, what? Well, you know what? <laughs> You are teaching the old lady something today. It's okay. Maybe I'll lower my expectations. No, keep him high. It keeps the guys on their toes. So, um, guys, yeah, there's a difference between the cultures. White, white guys are happy when they can do it once. Um, black guys start worrying if they're not as hard the second time. I had somebody, um, I was talking to somebody the other day, um, who was really distraught, genuinely. Genuinely distraught because he couldn't go a third time. Oh my goodness. Those are nice life problems. Like the, those are the uh, things you want to stress about. Th- those, those are good, guys. Third rod. So actually, um, what? White, he's black. <laughs> the guy that I, was, that I was talking to. So it's very interesting, uh, that y- y- all of us have mentioned this because the psychological distress that and failed organism, uh, organism, that a failed <laughs> orgasm or a failed erection mm-hmm. has on men is profound. I asked uh, Dante and Elise earlier, what is the most important treatment for erectile dysfunction? Some people, if you want to venture a guess. Testosterone? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. So, all of all of you went to some kind of medication. The most important treatment for erectile dysfunction is counselling, is specifically couples counselling, because the psychological effect of this on both partners are f- incredibly important and far-reaching. For men, Dante, we are both men. Mm-hmm. Um, in a previous uh, episode, we spoke about the orientation and perception of, of sex. And um, yeah. you know what? It, it clearly came about that... Um, there's a performance that needs to happen. And just like someone that doesn't like talking in front of a crowd becomes anxious, if you have doubts about 
your ability to perform on a sexual basis, that causes anxiety. And we all know what happens when we become anxious. We become uncomfortable and then we start avoiding these um, interactions or situations that can lead to them. Now think about what this does to men in a healthy relationship when they start battling with erectile dysfunction. I always say men's egos are governed by whether their penises can perform or not. Do you agree, Dan? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Elise? I agree. Some mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Where, and when that doesn't happen, this, you start avoiding the situation, which leads to your partner starting to have doubts about one, I would think, fidelity, fidelity. They ask, if he's not doing it with me, who's he doing it with? And then self-doubt. Um, am I not attractive anymore? Doesn't he find me sexy? Am I doing something wrong? And that then leads to a further disconnect. And we know that the biggest cause of sexual dysfunction is sexual dysfunction in your partner. Um, and this is one of the leading causes of erectile dysfunction. It's psychogenic erectile dysfunction. Can I ask you something? Um, can one not say that um, erectile dysfunction is possibly part of a man growing older in the same way that, say, menopause yes. Um, yes. is seen as, as for women? But I also think it, it all depends on physical, psychological and? Physiological changes happening. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a quick look at the penis. So the penis is basically a tube or two tubes of sponge tissue. So when I talk about um, the In functioning. The context of yeah. um, erections. Yeah. So. When I, when I talk about sexual or penile function, it's all about blood flow. So I use the analogy of a sponge. So if you take, um, I think most of us are familiar with these little yellow sponges that you, that you use in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So if you take a new sponge and you put it in your hand and you close your hand, Open your hand and that sponge jumps back. Boom. And there it is. Okay. Now, if I take that sponge and I put it in water, you will see that it sucks up a lot of water very quickly. Mm -hmm. And if I take it out, it holds a lot of that water. And when I squeeze it, I'm able to squeeze out all that water. That's a healthy new sponge. Now, let's use that sponge for a month. And we take a look at that little sponge. Oh, poor dear. You know, it, it looks like an old tea bag. Mm-hmm. If I put it in my hand and I close my hand and I open it, that sponge unfolds like petals of a flower. It doesn't spring back to its original shape. And if I put it in water, you will see that 
the amount of water that it absorbs is poor, and if I take it out, most of that water runs out again. Now, if I try and squeeze it dry, it's difficult. It doesn't release all that water. So your penis works exactly the same because the sponge tissue is what needs to be filled with blood, keep the blood there, and release the blood in a way that new oxygenated blood comes in. As we get older, the sponge gets damaged. And so we can therefore say that age leads to degrading or degradation of that sponge tissue, especially when we have physiological problems as well. And here we're looking at blood flow. Um, And if we don't have proper blood flow both into and out of the penis, we're going to have problems. But what what would cause something like that? I mean, what are, what are the causes of ED? Was that like a <coughs> huge topic? Yes, it is a huge topic. Elise, do you want to? Well, when you mentioned now this whole how it functions, the first thought that come up, and I think it's very important that men should know this, is that erectile dysfunction is your first symptom of heart disease. Any any kind of vascular disease. Any kind of vascular yeah. disease because you get arteriosclerotic conditions in your arteries, etc., etc. Mm. Um, the other causes that I can think on top of my head now is um, diabetes impairs vascular functioning everywhere. Absolutely. Peripheral yeah. um, supply of blood to the yeah. Yeah. Um, skin, etc., etc. So, Elise, let's just examine that for a second. I don't know how many of the listeners out there know someone that has diabetes. I think um, most of us. I do. think in our black communities, diabetes is very prevalent, and especially in our Indian communities. Now, one of the biggest problems that these people face is end organ damage. Yes. So. End organ damage we don't often see if you look at someone. But look down, look at their legs, look at their feet. You will see that their legs are edematous, so they're swollen and big. They're often discolored. And that's because of the peripheral vascular disease. Now, there's a reason why we send... Diabetics, specifically insulin-dependent diabetics, to podiatrists on a regular basis. And why we ask them not to wear open shoes is the neurological damage because of the inflammatory process due to the sugars um, causes damage to the nerves. So the nerves become less sensitive. So these people don't feel when they bump their toe or there's a little scratch. And that then, because of a lack of blood flow, both in and away, leads to decreased wound healing. And this is where these people de- develop ulcers. And ultimately, what happens 
ears versus ulcers don't heal. They become bigger and bigger. And now we start amputating toes, feet, legs, etc., etc. So, yes, Elise, diabetes is one of the biggest causes. Now, your penis is an end organ. So are your kidneys and so are your retina. So where all these blood vessels start becoming capillaries and your, your sponge tissue is networks of little blood vessels with holes in them so that it can fill with blood. So those are the first to get damage in, in patients with diabetes. So yeah, absolutely, Elise, diabetes and is I a I do think problem. we need to go a few steps back and say we've jumped into what can be the causes. Uh, the most important thing is to diagnose the cause of mm. erectile dysfunction, and that is where you have to have a consultation with a experienced, skilled doctor or health practitioner to find out what's the cause of your erectile dysfunction. And um, like Dr. Mark says, we like in our clinic to have a couple in that's in a stable relationship to find out different um, reasons for this erectile dysfunction. So okay. my question is then when do I book the appointment? Do I book it after the first time you can't get it up or is mm. it after the 10th? Remember, time? remember what the definitions say. Yes. It's recurrent and persistent. So it's not just one. I have these guys that walk into my office um, and say, you know what, last night I couldn't get it up. <gasps> I have a problem. And I look at them and very facetiously I say, well, what did she look like? Um, or how much did you have to drink? Or how tired were you? There's a lot of things that start playing a role. Um, in, in medical terms, what we do is we call it a workup. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where we start with the investigations. So, first thing is interview. You interview the patient. You need to understand what has happened. Mm-hmm. And then you need to take that and you have to be able to put it together with his clinical presentation currently mm-hmm. and the medical history. And I think this is where things go wrong is when we do not take a proper medical history. Okay. The next thing that we do is we actually do a physical examination. Physical examination is we examine the patient from head to toe, starting with blood pressure, Hmm. listening to the heart, listening to the lungs, doing a physical examination. What is happening in the penis? Can it be something more sinister? like an enlarged prostate or even prostatic cancer. We forget those types of things. And then we need to add certain blood tests to this. Now, again, here we will screen for metabolic conditions, diabetes, insulin resistance, elevated cholesterol levels, etc., etc. One of the things that is incredibly important and we tend to go there first in the majority of cases is always I have low testosterone levels. 
But it's not as simple as just having low testosterone levels. It could be that you have an imbalance in your sex hormones, that you are estrogen dominant. Now, this often happens in bodybuilders. People that have used certain medications, you need to understand these things. So the medications can be mm-hmm. blood pressure medication. So it becomes a bit of a vicious circle. What came first, the erectile dysfunction as a sign of cardiovascular disease or hypertension that caused damage to the penile tissue or hypertensive medication that you're using to treat and prevent further cardiovascular disease. So it's very complex. You need to understand stress levels and anxiety and mental disorders. Again, a lot of the medication that we use for mental conditions have a great impact to play on libido, number one. So sexual thoughts and fantasies and sex drive. Because if you don't think about it and if you don't want to do it, you're going to lose it. That's just the Elise's Favorite saying to our female patients, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Why Sempiwe? Think about the woman's journey to orgasm. How an orgasm is a what experience? Is it? I'd like to say learned. learned. <laughs> I was going to say explosive. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> it should be. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, so... Um, I think we established something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm absolutely speechless. Mark. No, I have lost my train of thought completely. Um, and when we look at looking at the hormones, it's not just testosterone that we need to look at. You need to look at the whole cascade, starting with cholesterol. Because remember, testosterone comes from cholesterol. Um, and that's turned into testosterone through the effect of human chorionic gonadotropin, luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. So it's a very complex thing. And Dante, your experience, I, I don't know if you've ever battled with erectile dysfunction, but what do you think happens when you walk into a doctor's room and say, you know what, I'm battling to get an erection? Well, to start with, I think I'd be even more stressed. Yes. I'd be very stressed. Yeah, I think that's an important factor. Yeah. Um, and that in turn… Um, what is causing the stress? The, the fact, fact that… I've actually gone to the doctor to talk to him about it. I think that puts even more stress on me. It, Apart from that, um, I'm pretty sure that my blood pressure would go up as well because when I have gone to a doctor and I've had my blood pressure taken, it's always slightly higher than it ought to be. And they, they always say, you know, it's fine. We understand because it's of the circumstances. So I, I think that would be the, the sort of the main Okay, but I'm trying to understand what's causing the stress. It's Is a psychological it thing because yeah. you don't want to talk about it. We spoke about yeah. right. the ego Thank thing. You. Yeah. Thank you. I wanted you guys to get there mm. because, you know what, we are, we are sometimes scared of our doctors because of embarrassment. You know what, guys? Go and find a GP 
that you are comfortable with to share these kinds of things with. One of the problems, Elise, and you have been in the medical industry um, as a registered nurse for almost 40 years. Um, is 42. Don't give away your age. You look far younger. <laughs> um, I think we need to understand that doctors also have prejudice. Mm-hmm. We have our own belief systems. Yes. Um, and that can sometimes create, uh, I want to say, a barrier between <clears throat> you and your patient. And not everyone is fully understanding about this. So um, I oh, think that's something that we… Now you made me think back now many, many, many years. My first, my first month… Um, when I was a student nurse, was in the male urology ward. And the, those years, they admitted patients with erectile dysfunction. And they um, monitored them over a period, like three or four days, to see. That's the tumescence test. Yes. Yeah. And they monitored them over those that period to Establish if this guy really has erectile dysfunction. Mm. Now imagine being in a hospital with this condition, stressed out. You have to, you are being told to sleep there and you, you have monitors on your penis and everywhere and they monitor now how you, your, how serious is your erectile dysfunction. So that was my first experience with this condition. And I'm thinking back, those days you thought, wow, medical, you know, it's science, it's fantastic. Thinking back, it's the worst situation to put a patient yeah. in. You have to establish that trust relationship with whoever you want to talk to this about. Mm. And I'm not, and I want to go as far as this and say, your GP that knew you 40 years ago, when you were young, strong, virile, whatever, that relationship is far too um, friendly for, I feel, to make a proper diagnosis and get back to the root cause of the problem. You know, but why I asked the question to Dante is, what do you think happens when you go into a doctor's office and say, I can't get it up? I think doctors very okay. Here's a little prescription yes. for. Well, I was going to ask you: Is your GP the best person to talk to? About yes, actually, they are. But are they equipped to really? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But we, as medical practitioners, do not take the time to address this problem. Why? Because it's very quick just to write a little. Prescription, and usually that slipped in in a different consultation. So you're coming for your monthly blood pressure check, or your, uh, or I'm cold, or I have a cold or a flu, or something like that. And uh, you know what? It's you know what? Don't you want to give me a prescription for Cialis? Okay, fine, done. That's that's what we do. Yes, true. Um, and that's the problem. So the problem lies with. Us as medical practitioners as well as with the patients. So, But Dr. Mark, I have a question. So you asked like, 
um, Dante when he if he had to walk in how he would be feeling. Um, but you also mentioned that you prefer um, people to come as a couple. Um, so do women tend to also feel a bit um, anxious, even though they're not necessarily the one feeling or experiencing eating? Yes, they do feel anxious, very, very much so. For the simple reason, they don't want to embarrass, embarrass their partner. It's not only embarrass the partner. So think about this. You make, You meet a nice guy mm-hmm. and... The sex initially is fabulous. He is working under a hell of a lot of stress or long hours. Um, Something happens in his family. You're not aware of it. And the sex starts decreasing. And you come to him and you initiate a sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. And one, his erection is not hard, or he can't complete intercourse with you, or he doesn't get hard at all. How does it make you feel? Oh, I feel like I'd have to look in the mirror and be like, what's wrong with me? Exactly. And that's what happens with women. So it's that's the first one. Is something wrong with me? And then the next question, and you can ask any guy who is in a relationship who had erectile dysfunction, at some point they will hear, who are you sleeping with? Are you having a relationship with someone else? Why? Because they're avoiding physical intimacy. Not intimacy necessarily. Mm -hmm. Physical intimacy. And that always creates doubt. Doubt in you as the man, Mm -hmm. but also doubt in your partner, not only about their own sexual prowess, but about your relationship. I had, um, at university, I had a brilliant, brilliant lecturer, and Elise knows him very, very well. Um, So he was our lecturer of the year every single year that he lectured to us. And his name was very applicably Dr. Etienne Koch. So he's a sexologist. Very fitting Um, name. Very fitting name. And he always said to us, a man's penis is the barometer of a relationship. If a penis is not working, the relationship is not working. Now we have to go and ask, what is the what are the causes of the penis not working? Mm-hmm. And I want us to run through them quickly and then we'll, because um, I want us to focus on the treatments. So causes of erectile dysfunction. Sister Elise and I have debated this a little bit. So let's look at the physiological causes. These are things that go wrong in the body. It's your physiology. Mm-hmm. Here we're looking at Cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, hormonal changes, cholesterol. Those are the big physiological changes. Elise, can, is there anyone that you want us to add there? No, I might be. Then we look at 
physical changes. Now, with the physical changes, we need to go and look at anatomy. So these are things that causes disruption to blood flow or nerves. It is an atomical thing that happens. So here we look at damage to neurological structure, to the nerves. Mm-hmm. And this can be spinal injuries. It can be because of surgery, specifically prostate surgery. And it can be due to treatments. And again, it's usually in that area. Radiation treatment has a great role to play in damaging the nerves. And then the last one, psychological. These are things that happen in the brain. And in our practice, 90% of erectile problems or sexual dysfunction is because of psychological reasons. And here we're looking at depression, anxiety, stress. um, Relationship problems. Yeah, relationship problems. um, And they all have that avoidance kind of behavior. Now, medication is one of the big other problems that we have. And here we're looking at certain of your blood pressure medications, certain um, of your psychotropic medications. So these are things for depression and anxiety, uh, schizophrenia, etc., etc. So mental conditions. One of the things that is a leading cause of erectile dysfunction, which we forget, sleep. Hmm. So if we don't sleep properly, one of the first signs is a decrease in libido and erectile dysfunction, like with cardiovascular disease. Can you guys understand why I say that the examination of this patient, understanding the background, is far more important than anything else? And therefore, the biggest treatment that we give to patients with erectile dysfunction is counseling. They need to understand. And we need to, if possible, bring in the partner so that the partner understands why this is happening. Mm -hmm. Because Elise and I have been confronted by a very angry wife of one of our patients that blamed us for not treating her husband's erectile dysfunction. And all we wanted to do was hide away from the wicked witch of the West. So... Um, she looked like her. She acted like her. So I can understand why the guy didn't want to be with her. It was frightening. Okay, so treatment for erectile dysfunction. Blood flow, blood flow, blood flow. It's all about blood flow. Mm-hmm. The, let's start with the simple ones. The ones that we all feel. about lifestyle, lifestyle. Because... Alcohol, drugs, nicotine, no exercise, all of those things can have an influence. Yeah, I was going to ask, does smoking influence? Yeah, the, yeah the absolutely. So the, Not can, have. Have, an in, especially long-term yes. um, usage or abuse yeah. of those um, types of things. Yeah. That's a big thing. If you don't start with that, and if you start with that and there's no improvement, then we go further and we 
explore medical reasons or medical treatments. Okay. For that. So, before we go to medical treatments, let's take a look at some alternative treatments. What kind of exercise do you think we can do for erectile dysfunction? Kegel. Explain a Kegel exercise for it's guys. It's where you contract. For guys, though. Yes. 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 We also have a pelvic floor. Yeah, we contact. Contract all your pelvic floor yeah. muscles like you are... Stopping to... to pinching to off your urine. Or poo. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, you know what? Clenching. Holding your mud. Okay. Okay. What do they call it? Clutching your mud. <laughs> so, so it's basically sitting in your car while you're driving and trying to lift your balls with your... your with your With your... <laughs> Have you never tried it? I don't have balls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's closing the pundada. <laughs> That's where you go. <laughs> so, guys, actually try it. Sit and the exercise, the Kegel exercise that you need to try and do is focus on your testicles and try and pull them back up into the body. That's a Kegel exercise. Oh, my goodness. It's actually quite fun. I think that needs practice. It's a party trick. <laughs> actually works really well. <laughs> Says he with a broad smile. Yeah, learning no, something so, every day. And it's shown to have a 58% improvement in the international erectile functioning score. Hmm. So you can improve not only the quality but the duration of your erection as well as your orgasm by just doing those simple exercises. And you can do them when no one is seeing you in the boardroom when you're bored. See how long you can keep your balls up. <laughs> I do it in the shower. <laughs> how often do you have to do something like that? Though? As often as you can. The more you ask women how... The more often you do your Kegel exercises, the tighter you remain. Am I right, Elise? Yes, absolutely. So that's one of the easiest ones. Okay, so let's focus on what we can do for erectile dysfunction and specifically in the tea clinic. Um, I always start with a, a proper investigation. So here I look at blood tests and... What we look for there is any comorbidities. Is your sugar levels under control? Is your cholesterol levels under control? Is your blood pressure controlled? What is your weight doing? And lo and behold, your hormones. And here we're looking specifically at your sex hormones, testosterone, luteinizing hormone, and human coronic gonadotropin. When we see that there's a decline in them, which is natural and it happens, and certain disease processes will lower them, stress, no sleep, blah, blah, blah. We optimize testosterone. And what the testosterone does, it works in two ways. It works in as a psychoactive drug. Mm -hmm. So it works in the brain, um, increasing libido and sex drive. And it also has an effect on erectile tissue. So... When you think about it, you want to use it, and now it's functioning better. So it's a positive reinforcement there. And then we take a look in my practice, in any case, mm -hmm. 
at regenerative therapy. And with regenerative therapy, we're looking at regenerating damaged tissue. So this is the sponge tissue of the penis. Mm -hmm. This is blood vessels that put blood into the penis and takes it away, as well as nerves. Often, erectile dysfunction is accompanied by premature ejaculation. And that's a nerve thing as well as the psychological thing. So what are the treatments that we have available for that? And here we're looking specifically at platelet-rich plasma therapy and bioelectrical simulation or shockwave therapy. And what they do is regeneration of tissue. So in our practice, the platelet-rich plasma treatment is called the ED shot, erectile dysfunction shot. And it's a very simple procedure. We take blood from the patient, we spin it off in a specialized tube and a centrifuge, and we take the platelets, which contains growth factors, and we inject it back into the tissue, into the penis. And what the platelets then do is they release the growth factors, and the growth factors help to regenerate damaged tissue But more so, it starts stimulating the production of new tissue. So, better blood flow to the penis, more tissue. So, if I fill more tissue with more blood, I'm going to have a bigger erection that lasts longer and is firmer. Okay? And this is not a one-sort treatment. This is something that you do over a period of time because we are renovating the tissue. And... um, it can also be used very effectively for penal uh, enhancement, okay, because we make new tissue. And then we are one of the only clinics in the country to be fortunate enough to be involved in an international trial on erectile dysfunction for treatment with biostimulation. So we have a device um, that gives bioelectrical impulses similar to that that you have in your body and it stimulates the cells to do two things. One, they regenerate and two, we have a stimulation of nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is what gives us vasodilatation Um, and that again regenerates nerves and blood vessels works quite well for enhancement, don't you? You've been doing that treatment for many of our patients. Yeah. And um, then when we combine those two medications with hormone optimization, mm-hmm. our patients have phenomenal effects. Now, there's new kids on the block because before we get to the prescription medications. Mm-hmm. Peptide therapy. So peptides are building blocks of hormones or very simple hormones. And <clears throat> they can stimulate normal processes. The one that we are looking at is oxytocin. What oxytocin does is it stimulates the endothelial cells of blood vessels. So the, the little cells that makes up the inside of a blood vessel to release 
nitric oxide. What nitric oxide does is it causes vasodilatation everywhere. So it's, this is, think about uh, patients with angina. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, angina is that pain that they get in their heart. Okay. It's an acute pain, and we give them nit- nitric oxide. It's a little spray that they use, and they suddenly get vasodilatation, and blood flows back to the – so the, that's nitric oxide. Um, Dante will remember it as poppers. I was just going to say. <laughs> also known as poppers, yeah. So – when we can dilate the vessels, um, we have better blood flow, better health of these blood vessels. So, I, just say, I do not well. condone poppers. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's called room deodorizers <laughs> now, if you look online. So, rush. Yeah. Um, okay. Then... Uh, Wonderful, wonderful new treatment that's becoming more popular. I don't think it's widely used in South Africa yet because it's quite expensive. It's the use of neuromodulators, Botox. Mm-hmm. So they actually call it Cockdox. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. You haven't told me this and I'm your right hand person. I forward <laughs> the articles on to you. You didn't From Charles Ruggles, so you're not reading. (laughs) So what does a neuromodulator do? Neuromodulators works on muscle contraction. So there's smooth muscle around all your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So if we can relax that smooth muscle, the blood vessel dilates, better blood flow. So can you understand why I'm saying it's Mm -hmm. all about blood flow to the penis? Um, So we inject 100 units of neurotoxin, depends on which one you use. I'm talking about Botox, um, but you can use Dysport or apobotulinum toxin as well for this. And what it does is it creates um, dilation of these blood vessels. Remember, the penis doesn't have muscles. It's so where do you inject it into? Into the corpus. Okay. So the penis doesn't have muscles that, makes it contract. The only the closest muscles that you have is the pelvic floor muscles and your cremasteric muscles. Those are the muscles that you use to pull up your balls. Okay? The prehistoric ones. The prehistoric ones. Looks prehistoric. (laughs) Especially in old men. (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's a new one. And now we come to the prescription medication. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think we all have heard of Viagra and Cialis. Others like the quick fix as opposed to the ones you just mentioned. Within 20 minutes. <laughs> Actually, Elise, let's, uh, I'm glad that you said that because that's not true. Oh. <laughs> Often what happens when we prescribe these medications, your oral Phosphatidylesterase 5 inhibitors, okay, PDE5. Okay. I'm, you know what? I'm good. I'm on you, fire. Yes, you are. so much. When you use them or when you prescribe them, you have to counsel your patient because it can be affected by alcohol. It can be affected by food. So it's taken on an empty stomach. At least half an hour. With before. a full glass of water. Yeah. So it um, doesn't get stuck in your neck. So that you don't have 
torticollis. <laughs> so, um, you, I actually watched a gold member the other night. So, Austin Powers' father got swallowed his back yeah. and he got stuck in his yeah. neck. So, he was walking around quite funny. But in any case, we digress. Um, so, you take it before a meal without any alcohol involved, big glass of water, and just know that they have side effects, like the hot, uh, the flushing, the incredible headache, the stuffy nose. Mm-hmm. So, the purple vision. Yeah. So, uh, counseling there. Then we have others on the market. Now, we have the old, old ones. That's been on the market for a very long time. Elise, do you remember Muse? No. Okay, so Muse, it's still available. It's not widely used. Muse was um, transurethral. Suppositories. Alprostadol suppository. So it was a gel that you put into your urethra. (gasps) Okay. It was not bad. It came with a little applicator. So you squirted it in. And then you had to wait. The other one that they then developed was intracavernosal injections. And this is your alprostadol. So for the guys that's been out there that used this before, this was your old cabajects. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Coverject has gone off the market, if I'm not mistaken. You can't find it anymore. So Alprostadil is now compounded by compounding pharmacies, and it's very infective. But it's a little injection that you give yourself in your penis. Big, big side effect, because if you use too much of it, you're in for a world of hurt. And so those are your freely available prescription ones. But then I want to touch on some supplementation that that we can use. One, melatonin. Did you guys know that melatonin gives us nighttime and morning erections? No. HCG, urine, human chorionic gonadotropin, which is also, it's a hormone, but the peptide hormone. So that helps us. And that can be used. And then we're looking at your... In the horn- injectable, yeah. subcutaneous injection. Subcutaneous injection, okay. yeah. And then we're looking at some new supplementations or old supplementations, horny goat wheat, yohimbin. Yohimbin is um, also from an African tree. It's bark of an African tree. And what it does, it creates vasodilatation, but have serious side effects like uh, headaches, hypertension, etc., etc. Um Chinese herbs, there's a lot of them. Just walk into any of your um, herbalists. They will give you something. Um, but That's very important to say that please don't use all of these things without, together. Yeah, without a proper consultation because mm. it has side effects that can influence, be influenced by maybe your blood pressure medication. Or your blood pressure itself. Exactly. So it's very interesting that um, in the latest articles that I've read, uh, the incidence of heart attacks on on the job, uh, on, on, on the job w- or 20 minutes after with Viagra and Cialis is far lower than we actually thought. So, you know, it's gone over days where 
the young mistress gives the old Russian guy <laughs> six Viagra and bonk him to death. Can I just ask you, um, before we, I think we're running out of time, what about a penis pump? Yes, so um, alternative treatments oh. are things like vacuum devices, um, which works well if you use it correctly. So think of a milking machine. What we want to do with a vacuum device is create and stimulate blood flow into the penis, but as well as blood flow out of the penis. So this is not like you would see in, if you go onto porn sites, you will see guys that do pumping. And what they do is they create a vacuum, clamp it off and leave it there. And all that that does is creates a negative pressure which will suck water into the surrounding tissue. But think about what happens, and Sampiri, you'll be familiar with this one, choking. If I <laughs> choke you for long enough, what happens? <laughs> you pass out. Yes. So if I cut off new oxygenated blood flow into the penis, it's going to create damage to the tissue, especially the nerves. Okay. So bad erections. So if you use a vacuum pump, which I would tell everyone to use, it's basically this action. Create suction and deflate. Okay. So it literally is like a milking machine. Create suction, release and do it repeatedly. Don't keep your penis in that pump um, with negative pressure. It will look bigger, but also create erectile dysfunction. Okay, so apparently we need to wrap up. Um, if you want to know more about possible treatment options for erectile dysfunction, you can contact us at the T-Clinic. The number is 010-824-1393. Please, guys, feel free to discuss this with your GP it's something that 50% of men over the age of 40 will battle with. So it, you're not unique. It's not something to be um, embarrassed about. And please feel the need or have these conversations with your partners because it's the first step to treatment. Um, next week, we will be back. Uh, with um, two of our patients um, and they will be telling you guys who are listening about their journey with the T-Clinic and what hormone optimization has enabled them and the differences that they have in their lives. Uh, until then, have a great week. That was the T-Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The T-Health Show is brought to you by T-Clinic.